following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Eat, Sleep, List. You're home for list making right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and today I am joined long distance, yet COVID-free, um, yes. of course, my man, uh, great hair, by the way, always. I love seeing Dan. I love giving Dan hugs because his hair is just so soft and it smells good. Well, I appreciate that. I, I'm glad that uh, it's pl- a pleasant experience whenever my hair is in contact with people. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, I'm really thinking about getting rid of it uh, pretty soon again. But are you really? Yeah, we'll see. It's, you know, it gets to the point where it starts getting like unhealthy and like needs to be chopped off a little bit. So, and I feel like uh, for the warm weather, I always like it shorter too. So we'll see. That's Maybe fair. some changes coming in the near future. I may be looking closer to what uh, what you're looking like these days. Oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, though. We'll see. I might keep a little something. I do like having a little curl, like here once in a while. I feel you. I feel you. Um, so today we are going to have some fun. I think I brought up. Oh, well, first and foremost, we apologize for missing last week. Yes. Uh, we're on a little catch up duty this week. I uh, just scheduled stuff just didn't work out. But um, today uh, we are going to do the teachers list. And uh, this is one I've been excited for. I really loved when we got to do the reflective one of memories with friends that Dan and I did eh, maybe three uh, four weeks ago now. I don't know. Time flies by so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I loved it. And I've been in a super reflective mood. Uh, and I, uh, amongst a lot of things, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you kind of know the, the bit of a, uh, journey that I've been on the last six, seven months. And I was like, man, it'd be just cool to just talk about people who have helped me, um, so much in life. And give them kind of their due props in podcast form. So I wanted to do it with, uh, you know, obviously wanted to do this episode. I've been thinking about it for some time. Uh, a teacher is not only what we have in the in a classroom, right? Yes. Uh, it's it's everybody. It's it's everybody around us. I view everybody in my life as a teacher. Every single person, um, whether it be. Uh, a friend, you know, uh, a parent, grandfather, aunt, uncle, cousin, brother, sister, uh, random person on the street, a person I dislike, a person that I've only just met, uh, uh, people I've never met. I view them as teachers because I feel like there's something we can learn from everybody. Every interaction that you have and every per- person that you interact with uh, can give us a lesson to 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 kind of carve our own path, whether it be inspiration to do better or uh, a warning to avoid something, you know, to avoid a habit 
or a, you know, just, just something along those lines. Um, we're surrounded by teachers every day, mm-hmm. you know, not, not just the classroom ones, but teachers every day. If you learn to look at it, um, uh, through a much broader, uh, scope, uh, Dan, you're obviously in the school system, uh, but I'm sure you've had some great teachers along the way. We're going to talk about some of your great ones, but what makes a great teacher to you? Honestly, um, the the giving a crap about kids is really, I think it really is the difference maker in it. Uh, as I was going through this list, I realized that it's it really is like a lot of different eras of my life that yeah. I, it was just the spirit guide from each time. And each time it was because the teacher like would reach out and kind of make a personal connection. And then we got to know each other on a personal level to a degree in a lot of senses. Um, and I've always been that type of person, even as a kid, I was the type of person that would rather um, talk to people uh, and, you know, have really learn as much as I could rather than just like messing around and trying to make life a living hell for my teachers. Um, but these days too, in the school system, that's one of the reasons I love the place I'm at so much is because the, the teachers really do um, give a crap about the students and take the time out of their way to uh, make personal connections. And it's really, really a beautiful thing. No, which is always great. I, I, I've had few teachers um, that I've really like actual like school classroom teachers that I've really made that connection with. And I have one of them on my list today. One of them. Um, and I think you're pretty familiar with him, but yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's important. You know, it is important for, for kids to feel special and important. It, it's nice to have a teacher that goes out of the way to make them. That's why, like, I I always dreaded the idea of college, and I used to see like like see, I can't believe I'm making this reference, uh, water like water boy, all right, and he go in the classroom and there's the big classroom with all the kids, um, and how does anybody stand out? How do you get personalized one on one time with a teacher? You really don't. Um, I've always liked I've always liked to establish special connections. I've forgotten most of my college teachers. You know, my college teachers just forgotten them because we didn't have that connection. Weren't important. But um, but that's what we're talking about today. We are talking about the teachers in our lives, not just classroom, but everybody um, who has helped us along the, the, the long winding road of life. Daniel, my friend, are you ready to make a list? I sure am. Let's take a walk down memory road, my friend. Let's do it with your number 10. My number 10, so I'm going to start this list off um, with my wrestling trainer pick of this list. Ooh, very good. Um, because there were, you know, we've talked about kind of the journey that you and I have both had in the world of professional wrestling with this. And I, I thought it would only be right that I include somebody who I thought was like really thorough and really important as far as not only training uh, myself, but so many people in the Buffalo area too. Um, that man is Brandon Thurston. Mm-hmm. And it's, you say love him or hate him. He is a, he has a very hard style of training sometimes and he could be a very hard person to please. But Brandon Thurston is uh, an icon as far as the people he has trained and the work he has put into the indie scene in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. When 
I was 18 and I was training, uh, it was always Thurston. Thurston always had a relationship with Kevin even before uh, we all went to ESW together and were able to actually pay for training and like do the seminars and things like that. It was always him. And I remember the worst days would be the ones where <laughs> there were only like two or three people at the at the drill session because you knew he was just going to drill you, drill you, drill you. And it was going to be a really long, hard day. I remember the one day me and Kev showed up and it was me, Kev, and one other person. And I was like, oh my God, we're, <laughs> we're going to die today. And um, it was actually, it turned out to be a really great session. And that's, what, that's the other reason why I put him, because I learned so much with every detail of he would watch something and I could just tell by the expressions on his face what he liked and didn't like to within the certain thing he was doing. And even watching him correct others made it so easy to pick up. So I felt like because he's such a uh, big staple of the area that he really does deserve a spot on this list for the work he's put in and for the people he can say he's taking credit for in some senses. So Brandon Thurston comes in at my number 10 for teachers. That is very good. I've known Brandon a long time. Uh, we're not exactly close, I, I wouldn't say, but uh, Brandon was on my college wrestling team for about a month. Which oh, was, wow. Uh, really tremendous. Actually, I was looking up, starting to go to shows, uh, local indie shows, and seeing him on a, the ESW website was the reason why I started training for wrestling. Um, I've told him that many a time he was just this random quiet dude on my wrestling team i think he got deployed um but i was like oh my god i know him mm -hmm. i can do this and that was my journey to 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 the world of pro wrestling that was like that that was like okay now i i, I definitely know i can make this happen coolest coolest thing in the world seeing him on the sw website so um so, yeah, I, I have so much respect for Brandon and what he's done. He's in analytics right now, like wrestling analytics. Uh, WrestleNomics is his big thing right now, building it uh, essentially from the ground up. I'm not sure where it came from. I don't know if he is the one who started it, but he's been he's made it big where I'm listening to Jim Cornette and Conrad Thompson and all these wrestling personalities talk. And they reference analytics made by him, and it's like the it's really cool that he you know to to, to hear that. So yeah, I I love that, and uh, he's he's really done a lot with it. Like he interviewed Daniel Cormier when Cormier was here, and and things like that. That's I th I think that's a very cool thing to be able to say that you can do, and it just shows the knowledge he has for it and everything he's. Uh, he's accomplished in the industry is so well-deserved. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Um, so very good. I like that for your number 10. Um, I'm going to kick off with an honorable mention. All right. Mm. If that is uh, okay with you, because uh, that honorable mention, my good friend is actually you. Yes, what I know. It sounds weird. Okay, it sounds weird. Like I said, I look at everybody as a teacher um, with things throughout life. So um, it, the fact that you're not on the top 10 is not an indictment against you. 
but the but because I've had so many great teachers, but I have learned a lot from you. Uh, it's about being human, I guess, if that makes sense. So first and foremost, I've never felt like I had to be perfect around you. Uh, like as a as a like just you know what I mean like I never like if I made a mistake like you'd understand, and I I feel that way with a lot of people. So like in a way that's teaching me that I can you know I, I don't have to be super mad all the time. Sure, sure. So I want you to know that that I pull inspiration and, and I've learned stuff from you. Also, art, all right, artwork. You put so much passion and love into your art. What's art without love? Uh, I, I seen it. I see it with you when you do your podcasts. I see it with you when you do your, you know, when I got to watch you do a play finally. Um, and I just, I always appreciated that. So I wanted you to know that it was like you and there are other friends and I will give them a shout out right now. Um, but I wanted you to know that you're that level with me. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian and Chrissy, the Finches, mm-hmm. um, always made me feel uh human it's, it's okay that i don't have to be perfect all the time uh my good friend andrew lens johnny townsend uh jack telebka and so many you know then there's so many others but dan i wanted you to know how much um you know that i pull from you so thank you that made my whole day man thank you very much that it's that really means a lot truth. coming from you it's a god's honest truth my man i want like literally everybody everybody i i even I, I can I can find wisdom from your brother Ben. You know, where, where to not leave your wallet or something like that. Like that's teachable. <laughs> that's teachable. But I love you, buddy. Um, and I wanted you. To I love that. you too. So thank you. Thank you very much for that. Of course. My number ten is also wrestling related, uh, and this man was not my trainer, but he is another person who made the extra effort to let me know that he cared. Uh, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but his name is uh, Jonathan Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee. Oh, um, I I was just around wrestling, right? I was doing it, but I really wasn't going anywhere until he made an effort to help me. Um the school I went to was terrible. Terrible. I regret it. I, 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 okay, I don't regret it, but I know that there were better options elsewhere. There's definitely better options now. Sure. Um, living in Rochester, kind of just floating around, just kind of just, I don't know, not like twiddling my thumbs, but just going through the motions of wrestling and did a couple camps. He's seen some potential and, I knew that he had gotten signed or he was going to get signed. Um, he reached out to me and asked me, I wish I could find the message because I don't think, I don't think his original, he had a Brody Lee Facebook profile. I don't think it's up anymore. No, I was friends with him on that profile too. I don't think it's, it's there anymore. Yeah. Um, he told me to send him my matches. I'm like, what? Are you serious? I go, he goes, yeah, no, send them to me. I'd like to critique. He gave me a but he he was wa- he was watching my matches and give me criticisms. I never had to ask for it. He he would guide it along, and I'll never forget. I, it was me and my former roommate Jordan Lennox. Uh, we were doing a BCW show, and I sent him the film, and he goes, "Holy shit, do you listen well?" 
do this, 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 and this throughout your matches to make it flow good. I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. About a month or, yeah, it was about a month before he went um, to WWE or NXT, FCW, whatever. He got me into 2CW. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of heat on me because Brody wanted to try to get me in. He wanted to book me in a program, uh, in some sort of program with him. And he actually put me over in the middle of a wrestling ring. My wow. in 2CW. It was incredible. And I, you know, we lost touch. He actually got me in, uh, I believe it was him, uh, extra work. For WWE, I got to do backstage stuff, and that was actually the last time I seen him in person. Wow. Um, I didn't appreciate it at, t- at the time. I wasn't mature enough. It's something that I, I regret, but, uh, uh, you know, that I, I didn't. But I did tell him maybe a year or two before he unfortunately passed away through a Facebook comment. I know he was going through a tough time, and I sent him a message. But um, basically, when it came to Brody, just just – Never forget where you came from, right? Because here I was a guy who, you know, he was in my shoes years ago, years years and years prior, just kind of wrestling, but not really a whole lot of guidance. And he gave that to me for no for no reason, um, whatsoever. And yeah, like he, if I didn't learn from him, you know, some of the 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 stuff, if he didn't take me under his wing, I I probably would have fizzled out of wrestling a lot sooner. Mm. So, um, Jonathan Huber, aka Brody Lee, Luke Harper, um, his wisdom—it's taken me a while to get to it, but uh, but I certainly appreciate it always and forever. So that is my number ten. Yeah, he's the man. I absolutely miss Brody being around. Um, I I remember it's so funny you bring that up with with the his old Facebook profile. I remember doing ring teardown the one time. And man, something about Brody that I'll never forget and that I love so much, he always stayed for teardown. Yep. He always stayed for teardown. Nobody else half the time was there. He was always there rolling up mats, rolling up the tarp, anything, mm-hmm. anything. He was doing it. And uh, he asked me if I uh, had, was, had listened to Childish Gambino at all. And I said, yeah, I do or whatever. And he was like, and uh, he dabbed me up. He's like, man, his music's so good or whatever. And he uh, he was asking me about certain stuff. He goes, listen, I want you to send me a list of like a bunch of guys that you listen to because I want I always look through stuff. And I remember going back and seeing the message the one day of all these like artists that I listened to at the time that I was like, hey, you should put this on. You should put this on. Or you should put this on. And I always wondered, I wonder I wonder if he ever picked up anything from that. Or like there was an artist that he liked that I sent him. So I hope I was able to like from one of those brief interactions with him uh, pass along something good. Yeah, oh, I'm sure he did. He because he he actually meant it when he cherry picked that stuff. Like he, yeah, like or, or he, he meant it when he he inquired about things, is what I mean. Um, that's just the, who he was as a person. He was genuine. Like he was a breath of fresh air. Among, like I never had help like that after he got signed. Yeah, he's the man. I he's absolutely love great him. human being. I I miss him a ton, and I wish I could. He's one person again. I know we weren't super close long term. We had that 
you know, a couple year stretch where we were like texting all the time, but man, he's one person I'd rather, I'd like to have like one more conversation with just one. me too. Yeah. I, I wish I would have been on the Indies with him just like a little bit longer. Puma had me sing to him when he got called up officially. Oh really? Yeah. He had me sing. He was, he wanted me to do my heart will go on, but I, uh, I, I didn't know the words. So then I ended up doing for he's a jolly good fellow. And it was just me. And then Puma joined it at the very end. And then he tickled my nuts because wrestling is weird. Um, it, it, it was just one of those <laughs> weird, weird, weird wrestling related stories, but Brody was a part of it. And, uh, yeah. We had that interaction at least. Hey, it's a good one to never forget, <laughs> my man. You you just told two really good stories. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And oh. they both happened on the same day, I'm pretty sure. That's amazing. So, yeah. Very um, good. <laughs> all right. Number nine. Um, my number nine is going to be, uh, there are certain teachers that I feel like I wasn't super, super close with them, but it, they made an impact even still. I guess Brody would be one of them in, in, in that sense. Same with Thurston. Um, but uh, my number nine spot is going to go to my high school biology teacher. His name was Mr. Bree. Okay. And I always loved his class. In ninth grade, I was, that was probably the year I academically did the best. And if you look at my track record, it's because I met Randy Philbrick sophomore year and everything went kind of downhill from like that point. <laughs> you see the line just kind of fluctuate a little bit after that. But um, the first year I was super, super, super into my work. And he really had a great way of like rewarding you if you participated in class and you were doing stuff all the time. And he made his class so much fun. It was first period. And I absolutely loathed first first period i don't know about you but usually it was the worst class of the day for me because i could never wake up in time. i had, i had math double zero period which was like early early it was like 6 a.m and i that was the first time i ever went to summer first and only time i ever went to summer school oh disgusting that's yeah. a that's a terrible hour for anything yes. uh, but he made it so worth it to be in his first period class and the one incentive thing i really really liked is when you were going over the homework, he didn't really like, if you didn't do it, it wasn't one of those things where you got super penalized right away, but you just got extra incentive if you did it. So he would ask questions based on the homework and people could raise their hand and participate. And if you got the answer right, he would give you a raffle ticket. Hmm. And you wrote your name on the back of it. You could get like up to three per class. I think I always got three, like maxed out. I was so, I was one of those participators that first year of high school that was so annoying with that stuff that I, I remember class periods where he would, would be like, Dan can't get any more tickets. Does anybody else like <laughs> want like, to try and do that? Like, did anybody do the homework other than him? Um, but you'd write them down or you'd write your name down on it. And at the end of the class, you could throw them in a bucket. And at the end of every quarter, he would buy a bunch of stuff from like Dollar General or like Five Below and all the and uh, things. So it was like candy and it was things like that. And he would pick names from what he did. So the more you participated in class, the better your chance of, 
uh, was of getting a prize at the end of the uh, quarter, which I always thought was so cool because then at the end of the quarter, of course, I always won something from it. So it was like a little extra thing for me getting the work done. That's a um, cool way to teach. I, I, incentive based, I think it is. is yeah, really nice. It makes it fun. And um, I, the one TA in that class too, I got, um, I got student of the month in uh, ninth grade. And I think it was the only year they did it, which was really weird. They, or like the last year they did it or something. But I remember getting that recognition and I knew it was because of them that they really like pushed for it. Um, So that was always a cool thing too. But Mr. Breed was always, uh, his lessons too were really engaging. So I always really, really liked being around him. And he was one of those teachers that every time I saw him for the next three years, I'd always say hi to him in the hallway. Yeah. Like we'd always pass each other and say, hi, hey, Dan, how you doing? Good. How about you? Um, and uh, I really, really, really enjoy it. I don't know if he's still over at NT anymore. The, uh, one story I do have about him, too, that I'll never forget is we had a lockdown uh, my freshman year. And it was some weird guy was like walking around the premises or something, and they just wanted to be safe and make sure it wasn't anything. So. I'm coming from Catholic school, so I'm not used to stuff like this. So internally, I'm freaking out a little bit. Uh, but you covered the windows. You had to, like, lock the door and do whatever. So um, they're doing all the protocols or whatever. And Mr. Breed goes in the cabinet, and he pulls out a wine bottle, like just an empty wine bottle. And the one TA goes, what are you doing? And he goes, well, if somebody comes in here, I'm going to smack him over the head with something. It might as well be this. <laughs> so he's like taking advantage. And just that, him saying that immediately like relieved the tension in me. And I was like, okay, it's going to be fine. Like, We're good he's, to go. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Mr. Breed, I hope you're doing well wherever you are. But he comes in at my number nine. Excellent. Very good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I, how many like teacher teachers do you have on your list? If you don't mind me asking. Honestly, almost all of them. Oh, good. Okay. I'm a nerd. I had really good relationships with a lot of my teachers when it came to things. And you'll you'll see as they go that it, it took me different places. Like there are different relationships that took me different places through this. No, that's great. Uh, it's, I could, I mean, obviously, like I said, you're involved in school. Um, so that had to be influenced by teachers. You know, I, I, I could imagine. So, um, very good. All right. My number nine, I am going to uh, work my current job, actually. This is this great guy. Um, his name is, we call him Big O. All right. He's actually been a, a just a great, great teacher. Not just like showing me how to work and, and work successfully, but navigate work successfully um i think every job you can admit politics right there's there's clicks he just knows how to maneuver through all that he presents himself and he's a very strong like alpha male type dude but not like in an oh god this guy again way like a respected way uh he has helped me so much over the years, last two years, 
just because, just because, and um, I actually like because he's such. I, I view him as such like a a, a teacher. Uh, he has a bag of there's like a bag of chips that I have that's been like floating around the studio from his 50th birthday. I just haven't had him displayed in the studio for the, for like a year now, a year and a half. Um, but we talk again, our, outside of work knowledge, like we actually have like deep philosophical discussions about life, about relationships, about sports. Like, honestly, some of my best conversations have come from big. Oh, he actually put me onto this book. Uh, that I really, really enjoy. Uh, it's called The 48 Laws of Power. I don't know mm. if you've ever read it or heard of it, but it's just, it's, it's just a different way of, like, maneuvering through life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to explain. It really is. But I highly recommend the book. I have it, Dan, on display here if you ever want to pick it up. Um, but he put me onto it and I was just like, his, his personality just like it, it, it was obviously there's more to him than that, but I felt like it just came right out of this book. It's just how to maneuver, uh, the way of life. And, and I, I've taken a lot of that, you know, over the last couple of months, this is something that a book that I read maybe in January, maybe February. And, uh, it's it's helped me, and I wouldn't have that if it weren't for for him. And, and again, we've just had so many just just great discussions. Like I, there's few people I feel like I can truly have a great discussion with. Um, you are obviously one of them because we podcast together. But or uh, oh, Big O, uh, is is one of those, especially in like this rough and tough like factory job to find somebody with such high intelligence. Um. Not to call my coworkers dumb, but a man who really like carries himself and presents himself as a well-educated human being—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a breath of fresh air. So, um, Big O is my number nine. I love it. That's I—I've definitely had a lot of people from work scenarios that I've learned from too. It's funny; some of these teachers double as work scenario people, um, right. especially because in the theater world in college a lot of it kind of doubled up like your teachers were also your directors sometimes and like so on and so forth so you ended up like developing outside relationships because of that and i think those people are so important you need that in the workplace yes yeah 100 100 all right moving on what do we got for number Excellent. eight my number eight is going to be my high school u.s history teacher my junior year uh-huh. um you and I are both history people, and I think this is where my love really, really, really started to shine for this. So Mr. Hennessy is another one who was very much like not a one-and-done teacher. I ended up taking psych and um, sociology with him the next year, um, but he just made the class so engaging. He would do an on this day question every uh every day when you walked in so he'd do it'd be like a historical event that he'd ask you for like a fill in the blank or something like that with opportunity for bonus points at the beginning of that of course um he's one of those people that uh he he was younger when i was there so he could mess with kids a little bit and uh and it'd be hilarious because he's the one doing it um 
so he always had a way of just being able to brush off anything and move forward. I always thought that was so cool. His energy was great all the time. I paid attention so much in that class. I got a 95 on the regions. I missed five points somewhere. And I oh, wish yeah. I, I wish I knew where that five came from because I freaking loved it was probably something i did in the essay but i freaking loved u.s history i still do but i freaking loved it especially then um in fact I, he wrote one of my college recommendation letters because i was going for history at first so he had an influence through um the whole latter part of my high school years and i haven't seen him for, in forever and i wish that i would be able to tell him that uh he in influence me in that way maybe i'll find a way to send this to him once it's out yeah but, you should yeah i really should but mr hennessy comes in at my number eight just for uh his sheer the the way he could lead um the class and the way he can make all of his students really engaged in into u.s history once sometimes it isn't the easiest thing he did so well so i really applaud him for that and that's why he got a spot on my list very good yeah, I, man, there's been a lot of great history teachers in, like, my line. But I can't pinpoint just one that really stepped it up, like, like ramped up my love for it. I really don't, like, can't recall. So it's cool that you can, like, you can pinpoint one teacher that really helped out with your love of history. The other one, I had one my first year of college who did like the first half of U.S. history. And I loved him so much that I dropped uh, the second half of history. Uh, it was right before I left, but I dropped the second half of it because the guy was so boring compared to how he was. And uh, he, I'll never forget, he was talking about bouncing baddies the one day for some reason. And he pointed to somebody in uh, in the class because he was talking about how they went at hip level on purpose because you know they're trying to blow a certain region off of males that are in the <laughs> army and he he went to this to the guy he's like he's like would your girlfriend still love you if you if you had no head and he's like yeah he's like what's your girlfriend love you if you had no leg and he's like yeah he's like would your girlfriend came home if you came home and your nuts were blown off and he goes <laughs> He goes, maybe not. And he goes, yeah, exactly. That's how psychologically that much messed with you. Um, so he was good, but I only got to have him for one semester because he retired the next semester. Like oh, that no. was the last class he did. So I would have loved to have him more. He probably could have gave Tennessee a run for his money. Interesting. That's that's tough. Mid mid going to school to teacher. I mean, good for the teacher to, for retiring, but. Um, yeah thank you very much yes yeah, right. so that was my number eight all right my number eight i'm actually gonna put this one out I, I think i should include another actual teacher um i'm just making i'm making a little switcheroo here and i don't regret it so don't uh, feel uh, don't feel influenced by me no not at all but i think it is important because <laughs> i actually still keep in touch with this teacher today uh she was my world history teacher in ninth and tenth grade and she, I, I guess she helped. She didn't like start it. She didn't like engage it, but um, she really, truly helped, you know, with a, a more broad vision of history, I guess. I, elementary school and stuff like that. I feel like it's mostly like light U.S. history, 
stuff like that. But uh, Selena Haney is her name. Mrs. Haney uh, is is uh, her name. I, I she still teaches at like one of the middle schools now. But I had her for two years, and um, it was I was really cool. Yeah, ninth and tenth grade, uh, I had her as a teacher. But we did so like. You know, our classes were, were so much. I mean, two full school school years of a teaching style. I remember, I guess this is kind of where my love of French history came in, mm-hmm. like Napoleon. Because uh, I remember, I'll never forget, one of our homework assignments was a uh, uh, French Revolution. We had to do French Revolution pamphlets, and I did one in French just to piss her off. But we could have like that, we had that like relationship where we try to just, you know, I could, I could antagonize a little bit, and she just like, oh, okay, you know, the, like, you know, she she played along with it. like I wouldn't get in trouble. It was it was all in good sport. So, um, yeah, she was probably my mo- biggest standout of a social studies teacher that I ever had. So, uh, I'll give a shout out to Mrs. Haney because as far as class, I that I probably did want like the idea of me being a history teacher probably stemmed right around that time. Obviously, it's not something that I pursued, but. Um, but yeah, I would definitely put I would I would put her in there in my top ten. Like if I had to put another teacher in, I'd put her in. So I love it. That's Thank an you. excellent, excellent thing. Thank and you. it's it's great that it's history too, because I I could not relate to that more. Like just that love and finding that passion for those specific things. It's so cool. And it's like it's so difficult too. I, I guess th- what stands out for the history aspect is that like do you know how many kids like actually like history, <laughs> like 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 learning history? Not many, right? There's a Not large con- there's a large contingency of people who feel like social studies is one of the worst classes in high school or school period that it's completely irrelevant. So I guess another perspective of this for me is that it was really neat to find a teacher that was as passionate about history as she was, or some of my other teachers. But yeah, she always stood out the most and um, was was super cool. But yeah, it, it is neat because you really don't find too many people who are even as an adult, right? Like I, I was really happy that the turning points in world history episode that we did, you know, you, me, and Tice, we did great. It was really mm-hmm. neat to share all that. I can't just talk about history with anybody because there's so many different sides and revisionist history and stuff and such. Um, it's not an easy thing to communicate because not everybody's interested in it. So when you do find somebody who does care passionately about it, then, um, then yeah, it, it goes a long way. I agree. I absolutely agree with that. Um, and this is where it gets hard. I really feel like these next entries could all be interchangeable in some way or another. So honestly, the order that I'm going to be doing even from this point forward, these could all just be interchangeable in some way. Um, so my number seven, I'm going to go with um, Don Swartz, who is DJ's father um, from the Ghost Light Theater. Okay. Um, Don has been the artistic director for as long as I can remember. Um, and I don't know if he still holds that position on the board, honestly, but he is one of the best creative minds I've ever seen. He's formed a group over there of such amazing theater artists that have come and gone but so many people find a home there and have found a home there for so long 
I, I'm lucky enough to say that I work as a professional actor and I still make my way back there for shows whenever I can, or if I have some time or if I need to get back on my feet. That's a lot of what this year was for, was finding like my strokes again, like it, it, to uh, for lack of a better term. Um, but I've been in so many shows that he's directed and to see kind of what his brain formulates and the pictures that he creates and the worlds that he forms with um, even the little space that they have over there is has always been so extraordinary to me and whenever he plays a role too he just feels like he could take on anything um I've always had such a respect for him and I'm lucky enough to have been it working in so close contact with him for the past few years. That was, um, I, I'm sure you saw him, but it was, uh, I, he played my father in Frankenstein. Oh, that's was, DJ's dad. Yes. That's DJ's okay. dad. Oh, yes. wow. Okay. Yeah. That's him. And, uh, he's absolutely incredible. The first time he actually played like my family member in any type of show, which was really cool. Um, but he's, I've always had such a love and respect for him and my theater love came at a very young age, as I've talked about before, at about 12 or 13. And he was a big reason for the continuation of that. So L. Don Swartz comes in at my number seven. Very good. I'd love to formally meet him someday because, you know, obviously if you hold him in high regard and DJ's a re really great, great human being, then obviously obviously his dad's pretty cool too he, he's so, excellent and i i yeah. do think it's cool because right he he started ghost light right or he, he, he created yes. it, which is like to me it's 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 amazing right it's it's a, a community theater like I, i'm not sure what his ambitions were but i i loved this the the presentation of it all mm -hmm. i'm glad there wasn't glitz and glam in this in, in broadway I like that what it was. Mm -hmm. It was just it was people playing these these fun parts and and other people coming and paying to watch. Like it's so cool. It was so cool it, to me. It's excellent. I love I love the concept of just being able to have something that's so accessible to so many people. Yeah, I I was just I was really blown away um, by what it was. And and like you said, you know you could be a part of it almost any time, right? You, you go in, you're not feeling shows. You don't have to, you don't have to do it, but if you're feeling a show, you could pop in audition and, and, and be a part of a play. I love it. I, I got nothing but respect for it. So hopefully someday I get to meet him. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you will. All right. Very good. We're on seven, right? Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, next up, this one is going to, is a guy who, uh, this is another kind of like one of those life teacher, uh, kind of things, but also I, I I knew him through wrestling. He wasn't my wrestling coach, and Dan, I don't know. You might know him. He lives in the NT area. I'm not sure how familiar. His name is Dan Fire. Sounds familiar, but I don't think I've ever met him. Okay, there's a lot of people from the area who who do. Um, he went. To, he coached wrestling at NT for a very long time. He's big military guy. He retired, came back. Um, coached a little bit while I was coaching at Lewiston Porter. And uh, 
again, another person who I, I, I knew very little about, but I felt like I can go and openly communicate with. And, um, yeah, he was just super friendly, super open. But he said one thing to me one time uh, that really and it stuck with me for forever. Uh, it's been, oh, God, seven years uh, since he said this to me, but uh, about making people feel important so they want to be around you. And I know I've had, like, my attitude has been feisty towards people that I've known for a long time that I felt like the respect wasn't mutual. But when it comes to initially meeting somebody, I try my best to make somebody, to make them, to make people feel as important as, as possible. And, you know, every time I, again, every time I met, you know, just, I look at the possibilities of what could be uh, of our, of a friendship, of a relationship of any kind. Uh, and I, I, I've always liked that, you know, especially like, cause he's so involved with kids, uh, you know, teaching kids wrestling and, and how to be good people. Uh, you know, just, just being just kind, not creepily or annoyingly kind, but just, just build them up and make them feel important because it's yeah. just, it's just better that way. Genuine. Genuine. Right. Uh, It's just better that way. And uh, that that always stuck with me. So every time I do meet somebody new, I try to be as genuine uh, as as I possibly can be. I love that. That's that's rare to find in a person, someone who will just like authentically just be nice to you, be themselves and just give a damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I've always wanted to be like that. Like I, I've come into this world wanting to be friends with everybody. And then the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that I can't, but also I can still honestly make people feel that I, that I can care. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. It's hard. It's really hard to explain. But no, but I, I entirely get what you mean with that. Yeah. I because I do. I, 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 I really do. So uh even though if I don't know how to express it sometimes. So um so yeah, so my number seven is uh Dan Fire, aka I call him Coach Fire. Um always have, always will. He moved down to Oklahoma and I haven't seen him in a couple years. I interviewed him when I was doing the section six wrestling show. And uh, I had a really, really good conversation then, but yeah. Good dude. Miss him. Love to uh, reconnect next time he comes home and treat him some dinner or something. I love it. He has a great house. He showed me his house. Oh, my God. I got to go in his house. It was one of the most beautiful homes I've ever seen. And I forgot where it was. Obviously, I don't want to give away his former address, but uh, (laughs) it was a really spectacular house. It was just a museum. Uh, All his wrestling accomplishments and is so cool. So cool. So, all right, we are on to our number six. Number six. Um, for my number six entry, <clears throat> oh, this is so hard. I'm going to go with, I'm just going to keep them in the order they're in, I think. I'm going to go with my um, high school course teacher, Mr. Vallis. Um, he could be, again, 
all of this is so interchangeable. And I feel like any of these entries could be my number one for the most part. But um, Mr. Vallis was my chorus teacher for all four years of high school. Okay. And he was just such a wonderful influence and inspiration to every kid that he ever had. Um, he's someone who is absolutely hilarious when you go to class with them. So he's always like doing different voices for things, always like in weird moods. He likes to be kind of out there and weird and, but like not super in your face about it. Um, always well-kept. And he, when I was there, he ran um, the drama club too. So he was always helping out with um, the musicals and was supervising the plays. And he also ran, uh, he was like the president of NISMA, like the Niagara County Music Association or whatever the hell it actually stands for. I'm guessing at the acronym right here. Um, so when I was in eighth grade and singing at that level, um, he had even noticed me around then. And we just built such a nice relationship. Again, academically, I'm the type of person, and generally, I'm the type of person, you kind of know me at this point, where um, I I just work for you. Like, if you want to, if, if you want me to do something, I'm just like, okay, what are we doing? Like, let, yeah. let's keep moving. So I always became the person who was like, always ready to to sing the right notes or like be there for the section or or do certain things and it just we built such a nice relationship i ended up being on the um the board of chorus because like chorus is a club too technically so i was um vice treasurer or assistant treasurer for two years and then i was treasurer my senior year um drama club which again he kind of had a hand in um i was the vice president and president of um my junior and senior year so i spent a lot of time with him um we did a chorus trip to new york together which was um so much fun randy was on that trip too so you can only imagine the the freaking time oh, we I'm had sure. on that i'm sure um Mr. Vallis gave us like some of the best memories I'll ever have to the point where I would like come back sometimes and just hang out in the chorus room for a day if I wanted to. Um, I ate lunch in his office all the time. Like even when he wasn't there, I would just like have, but he he's like that with so many of his students where if, if you're good to him, he was always just really good to you. And um, I really, there's a lot about high school I miss. And I think he's the thing I miss the most about it. Um, but yeah, he comes in at my number six. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Man, you are right. This is getting tougher. Like, how do you tell, uh, how do you pick? How do you put uh, these people that mean so much to us in, a, in an order? It's really? impossible. I love them all for different reasons. I really do. Oh, man. Very good. All right. My number six is actually, it's not anybody I've ever met before. Uh, also, this is going to come off really strange. It's a YouTube channel, uh, but a guy behind a YouTube channel. Okay, so it's a little different. Uh, the YouTube channel or the guy, his his, his name is called Einzel Ganger. 
E-I-N-Z-E-L-G-A-N-G-E-R. Uh, again, referencing, you know, me trying to get better over the last six months. Uh, it's also had to come with a change of uh, the mentals, right? Uh, how I view the world, how I perspective, accountability, all sorts of different things. Um, I found this YouTube channel looking for self-help stuff, whether it be through books, whether it be through videos, you're talking me through using reason instead of emotion. And through this YouTube channel, uh, I discovered uh, it, it's a philosophy called Stoicism. Uh, stoicism has legitimately changed my life for the better. Uh, and, and I, I've been kind of teetering on the idea of do I do a podcast to teach what I've learned just to kind of get it all out there? But I, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm ready to do that yet. But um, basically, Stoicism, they have a bunch of pillars to, to the uh, the philosophy. But it's it's a it's a it's an accountability philosophy. It's it's controlling what you can control. And and and, you know, you're. I mean, there's so many layers, there's so many layers to it. Uh, but it simply put, it helped callous my mind into just having mental toughness. Uh, the whole control, what you can control ideal is that, you know, just because, it, you know, what others do, it, it doesn't really, it shouldn't change your life. So basically, you know, okay, let's go to an issue, issue I had this past summer. I had a $4,000 credit card debt that popped up, and it was a jury, uh, is it, is it not a jury summons, it was a court summons. All right, this is the start of the summer from hell, uh, but also also me kind of getting my life in order. Um, I was mad. I was so pissed off that I didn't go to uh, a retirement party that day. I didn't do, you know, I didn't go to a, it wasn't like a, a, a formal wedding, but it was like a wedding celebration, like loose get together. I didn't go, but the day it showed up, I was like, oh, I hate this. Why do they do this? Why me? Why me? And I started watching this stuff and I'm like, because I let this happen. I didn't pay my credit card bill. I used their service. I should have been on top of it. Accountability. And it shouldn't have rolled downhill to the point where I didn't go to re a retirement party, didn't go to the loose wedding gathering, uh, didn't go to a graduation party eventually. You know, with that, that's how, like, mad it made me. Um, there's other things, there's other aspects too, you know, with, with relationships with people. Um, it, you know, it, it's things didn't go right. Maybe it's not always the other person's fault. Maybe there's something that we could do better. But also, um, you know, I've had several relationships fall through it, it. I've reached out to make them better, to try and make them better. Some have responded to me, uh, which has been great. And some haven't. But the accountability is realizing that I've done everything that I can do by reaching out. And it is that person's issue, not mine, that they weren't willing to accept the olive branch. So it's stuff like that. Again, Einzelganger uh, or Ganger. Uh, I read a book, Dan, another thing that if another book that if you want to take, it's on the bookshelf here by the sink. 
and um, it's called Stoicism for Inner Peace, and it is it's like all 120 something pages, 130 something pages. It changed my life. It's basically like my Bible. I can go and look at different passages for different situations in life, um, whether it be diet and losing weight or, again, relationships, anything. So um, mindlessly been listening to it in the background of, uh, you know, at, at work. But that is my that is my number six. Excellent. Those those people can be the best teachers sometimes. Sometimes you need a good mindfulness teacher like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's excellent. Um, my number five, we're going to go way back here, to my first ever teacher, Mrs. Brumpton. Okay. She was my kindergarten teacher. Um, I didn't go to pre-K. I don't know why, and I've never asked my parents that, but I did not go to pre-K. I did home learning, and I remember specifically, like, learning my letters, learning my sounds, like, being ready. I I don't know what it was, but I I feel like I was prepared for it. My My writing skills are the only thing that I feel like aren't up to par with everything else that I do, but I digress. Um, even people who go to pre-K don't get that sometimes. But when I went to kindergarten, Mrs. Brumpton had the best room ever. She was the sweetest woman. She's still alive to this day. Um, I So she was probably in her late 60s when I had her. Okay. Um, probably mid to late 60s. Um, but she was just the best. Um, sometimes I would, I missed my mom a lot because my mom was a stay at home mom when I was first around and I would see her a lot. But then when it came to like being at recess and stuff, I didn't really know how to like play with other kids too much. And so I would get really upset and like tend to miss my mom. And like, I would say my stomach hurt a lot. Mrs. Brumpton would give me, it was like a special spot. She said that would like make my stomach ache go away and it was just like right next to her desk so i used to always just sleep in that spot and it used to uh make my stomach go away my stomach ache go away like just psychologically that worked for me so she always knew stuff to do like that on halloween um they we used to do a parade like with all the different grades so we would go back out um like the kindergartners would go out and they would we'd take a walk around the block or whatever when you know uh, in neighborhoods were still safe and schools weren't targets of certain i I can't get into all that right now i work at a school and get too fired up with with current events but we would be able to take a walk come back and she would be the, the lights would be off in the classroom she'd have a booth set up and she'd be like dressed up as a witch she'd be like really kind of spooky because you couldn't see your face and she had a game where she took your hand and she had two guesses to try and guess who you were and if you if you could get away with it then you got candy but if she caught you then she took all of your candy that was just kind of the game she played with (laughs) with that it would never she would never really do that to you but it was it was such a fun like little thing she did 
the one day we were working on something, it was dead silent. And I started a humming Beethoven's Ode to Joy out of nowhere. And instead of like, this is this is the thing I really talk about with teachers. Instead of telling me, okay, we're, you know, we're not doing this right now. She started humming along and got the whole class to hum along with me. So we, we all finished it together. That's and then cool. we went back to, and then we went back to work. Um, she was the freaking best. And about 10 years ago, so she still, she still sends my mom a Christmas card every year. We're still caught up on like everything about her life where we know like where she's at, what she's doing. She's got plenty of grandkids right now. She's retired. She retired when I was still in the building. She got double knee replacement. She's living life. She's great. Um, 10 years ago when I was working in the grocery store in Canmore, she came through my line at the grocery store. And I'm like looking at her and I'm like, I think this is Mrs. Brunson. Like really, like looking really hard. And uh, so I say, hey, how are you? And she's like, good, how are you? I'm like, good. And she goes, Daniel. And I go, yeah. <laughs> and she immediately like gave me, it was one of those things. And she told me that day that every time she hears Ode to Joy, she thinks of me wow. still to this day. And just those little things made like, she really gave a shit. That was the thing. She wasn't just saying it to me as a kindergarten. She really gave a shit that I was having a hard time. Yeah. And she always wanted to check in and see what I was doing and what I was up to. And I I love that. I love that so, so much. Um, so Mrs. Brumpton, my kindergarten teacher, comes in at my number five. That's beautiful. Oh, I haven't seen my kindergarten teacher in a very long time. I, oh, man. I hope she's still around. I really don't know. She was, yeah, she was amazing. What a difference. So like kindergarten, like kindergarten to like first, second, th- like it just like school just gets more and more serious as you get older. But man, you just, your eyes are just full of hope and optimism. Every day you go to kindergarten, you get to sing songs, you get to count, you get to do color, like basic, basic stuff. Uh, Don't know what you got till it's gone. No, seriously. Those were the days, dude. Those Mm -hmm. were the days. To be that young young and innocent, you know, just open-minded and and just, just thinking that the world is all actually sunshine and rainbows like we all did in kindergarten. What a feeling that would be. Yeah, I I still see my I see my kindergartners walking to lunch with their fishtails and bubbles, and I'm like, you you just have it so easy. You don't have a care in the world no. right now. Their oh. little cheeks all puffed up, like. That's the new thing is I don't know if you ever had that fishtails and bubbles. So the bubble you keep a bubble in your mouth, like you're trying to keep yourself quiet. So you puff up your cheeks and then your fish tail, you keep your hands behind your back and walk with your hands behind your back. Uh, so that's the, that's okay. the thing with the little kids is fish tails and bubbles. That sounds familiar. You may have just unlocked a very old memory. <laughs> you may be, you may have. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Very good. My number five is going to go to uh, uh, a old wrestling coach of mine, an actual rest, uh, one that coached me, helped coach me. Uh, his name is DJ Giancola, and um, he came around in my tenth grade year briefly, and then became a coach in uh, a coach in eleventh and twelfth grade. 
And I can guarantee that my life around high school wrestling probably wouldn't have turned out as great if it weren't for him. Uh, Gene Cole was young. He was fresh out of college. I think he was 23, 24 at the time, trying to make his way into the school system. He was uh, in Niagara school system. His dad was a dean. I think he was a dean. Whatever. Great family regardless. Um, but he helped push me because he's he seen something. He actually, like, he was the first coach to get on the mat and actually, like, wrestle with me. Like, a lot of the other coaches... You know, they, they could, they could teach and let, you know, in, in discuss, you know, discussion and, in drilling and, in, in simple stuff, but they couldn't get on the mat and just go to work with me. You know, he actually did. And he made me so much better. And the best part was too, that he would stay late. He would stay late after practice. He goes, come on, we're going to stay late and work on this. I'm like, are you serious? He goes, yeah. Or let's go take another couple laps around the track for that guy and for this opponent and that opponent. And do that stuff stay with me forever. Um, I have so many other memories. I'll try to narrow it down. Um, at States, my senior year, I just wrestled my last high school match. I got pinned in my last high school match, but I took sixth in New York State. I was pretty proud of that. That's excellent. My head coach and the other coaches, my head coach had to go do his duties because he was the state chairman for the sport. And the other coaches were, I think, headed home. And uh, Gene Cola actually came in the back. Uh, I was sitting there bawling my eyes out, like in the back arena area away from everybody. And he, he, dude, he came and found me and gave me the biggest hug and just gave me this huge pep talk that had me believe I could take on the whole world. Um, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. I got to message him and try to try to get in touch with him. Um, he did that and it meant the world. And he was like, it was so cool. He would, we would hang out, we would go and run and. Uh, you know, we, we go for, for like jogs, like go work out and stuff together. Uh, we did an old timers tournament and me and him were, were teammates and it was the coolest thing. Um, years later I did coach underneath his coaching staff and, um, uh, as a volunteer coach, but the following year when I coached at Loopport, we were at the state championship match and, uh, our heavyweight who I've been working with all season long was, was wrestling in the, uh, in the, in the finals. And, uh, and the head coach and the assistant coach were on the floor. He can only get two passes on the floor. So I'm sitting there watching Lath wrestle. He's doing pretty good. And I don't know where Giancola walks up to me on the side and taps me on the shoulder. He like, we weren't even sitting anywhere near each other. He goes here, take my floor pass. You should be on that floor more than anybody. I go, are you serious? He goes, yeah, take it and go. So I got to go on the arena floor for the first time the whole weekend and go in there and give my, give the heavyweight who I worked out with the same way that Gene Cola worked out and wrestled with me every single day at practice. I worked out and wrestled every single day with, with Lathe at practice. And he said, go on there and, uh, and, uh, and go see him. So, We've always stayed close. Um, 
he was at my wedding. I got I really got to go and pay him a visit soon. So uh, he doesn't live too far away from me. But uh, DJ Giancola is uh, a goat of a human being. So I always appreciate him. He is my number five. Excellent. I'm texting him right that. now. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm gonna reach out to some people after this too. I feel like, uh, such a good, uh, such good memories. Um, <clears throat> my number four, um, is one of my teachers from college. His name is Drew Khan, and me and him have a very, very good relationship. Um, we were in. I did. I first met him when I did his device theater class. I took four semesters of his device theater class with him. So I was in with him for two full years, and he's one of the best acting teachers you could ever find in your life. And not only did he teach me so much about acting, I feel like he taught me so much about being myself um, within all of it, because that's such an important thing in the theater world. He taught me my first basis on theater ed. Um, he's a friend, like we, we built a friendship through college, which, uh, I, I feel really, really lucky about because I'm, I'm one of the few people who can confidently say, like, I have a relationship and a friendship with him and I can call on him if, if I need him. And if I see him in public, I can walk up to him and hug him and talk to him for, uh, 10 minutes or so. Um, but he also runs, um, an initiative called the Anne Frank Project, which is a social justice initiative that um, really focuses on genocide education and preventing genocide and um, using theater to tell stories. And that unlocked another level of like depth of knowledge I have in the world. When I talk about my trip to Africa, that's who I went with. Like that's who he takes uh, a a certain number of students there um once a year and has a whole relationship like we have um schools of ed over there with um like afp's um lesson plans and their basis and things like that and he's just a wonderful person and he could take the worst scenario and spin it to really make you feel confident and okay this is what i gotta do next this is how i i've gone to him and talked to him about so many things throughout school roles i didn't get times i was in trouble um ways i was feeling in certain um jobs i i had an internship under him my whole last semester i stayed my whole last semester so i could do the internship which transitioned into a job i had for three months after college which was great um uh, all these things he provided for me were just incredible. And he practices what he preaches a hundred percent of the time. Um, the, the direct byproduct of that is him and Maria's son, Nate, uh, about six years ago. <clears throat> now I'd say was walking home on uh, forest Avenue or not Forest Avenue, Richmond Avenue in uh, Buffalo. And from a New Year's Eve, just watching the ball drop, walking home with a friend. And a drunk driver hit another driver, which in turn ran up onto the curb and struck oh. Nate and immediately hit his leg. Someone, there was a student from UB who was close by who tourniqueted his leg and probably saved Nate's life uh, that day. But they ended up, 
removing a good portion of Nate's leg, like a very good portion, which is as a parent, that's an absolute nightmare. And their, um, their resilience and the way they handled the situation between all of them is unbelievable. You would never know that that ever happened to him. He has a titanium uh, rod in now that it, that the prosthetic is unbelievable, but he was, now you look at him and you're like, he, he has a normal life. You know how many families have spiraled from things like that happening and they, they handled it with such grace and such like, okay, this is what we got to work with now. And it's a testament to how he is as a human being. Um, so Drew comes in at my number four. Again, this is, he could be my number one easily, but I had to kind of give these in order. So this is kind of the order I wrote them in is the order I'm going. I gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Talk about unbelievable. Wrong place at wrong time for that accent. Holy shit. They were equipped for it, though, for sure. No, it's very... And, and then right place at the right time as well, I guess, that that that, that student from UB. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Um, all right. We have a lot of good people in our lives, my friend. We sure do. We're lucky. Uh, my number four is the guy who gifted me this network and so much more. Uh, his name is Christopher Chavez and, uh, he is a wonderful friend and I would say he helped start the turning of me from angry, uh, wrestler, bitter Matt to art and, love everybody in, in peace and just chill. Matt took me a while, but he did. Uh, what a fateful like meeting, uh, you know, the whole foundation of, of me joining this, the, this podcast network was through another friend. I didn't make, meet Chris initially, but another friend met him at a, at a convention and we all met and he was just like literally the greatest human being ever. Like, didn't charge us anything to be a part of the network, um, you know, and actually just wanted to see us do our best, you know, find our, you know, just, just find our voice. And I've honestly kept a lot of his philosophy with people the same. I, I really, I don't charge people to be a part of the network, right? I charge people to use the studio space so we can all pay rent and, and whatnot. But as far as being a part of the network, uh, I, I, I've always kept it up that it's like, I want this place. I wanted to keep his vision up of having a home for people to just kind of come and, and express themselves in podcast form. Yes. And, uh, he was so patient with me. He just taught me endless kindness and, and charity. Like, uh, I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the friend memories one, like he paid, he legit paid for a, you know, a, a vacation, for me like uh, a mini vacation a mini getaway when i needed it the most just covered the entire cost and uh you know i just i, I like doing that for people like i like helping people out um i i do as much as i can and i get that from him 
I, I, I get a lot of, you know, my, just my approach with podcasting, just, just chill and lax and, and from him, he just taught me so much on how to be a better person. And we, we communicate very often. I actually just sat down for dinner with him a couple of weeks. Uh, oh, geez. About a month or so ago, went to Steakstone and Sushi. Had a really good talk. He's doing well for himself. He's doing video production now. Oh, excellent. And uh, he's tra- he was did a, a traveling tour with a with a band that he actually added to their show for. He's a producer for him. He's doing video stuff. And he got to travel and, and he just got to see a lot of cool things. So I'm happy for him. Uh, he's the reason why the network got created. And uh, I still to this day am very thankful that he gifted me uh and he gifted me the network. No strings yeah. attached. Just here and just go be a good person and 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 make of it what you will. So Chris Chavez, number four. Yeah, I'm thankful for it too. When neither of us would be here without him and uh, he's a great man. I don't know if I've never ever met him in person, but that's gotta change at some point too. Oh shit. I don't think you have. I don't think you have. No. I don't think I've ever been around at the same uh, time he has. I hope hopefully he comes around to one of the events. I know I've been trying to get him to come to one for a while, but hopefully he does. Yeah, excellent. I hope to meet him at some point for sure. You would you guys would hit it off pretty well, I'm sure. Excellent. Um my number 3 um another Don in my life. This is going to be Don Youngstrom, um who when I became a theater major in college was the chair of the department. And um, immediately, um, we got along very well. And then I auditioned for my first show the semester before um, I was a full-time major. And it was one of the shows was one he was directing. And he ended up giving me a role in that one. It was super small, but he gave me my first opportunity. He liked something he saw. He liked the resume that I uh, handed in and he gave me a shot. And that's all I wanted. And that's all I needed. Um, the show was uh, kind of a shit show and kind of terrible. Um, <laughs> really awful. The, the, the lead in it decided about a third of the way through the process or so that he no longer wanted to be an actor for the rest of his life. And that he was going to give 5% in what what he was doing in the show and just would not listen in direction and just play to wash the entire time. It was bad. It was very, very bad. Um, but a lot of good came out of that in regards to the fact that um, Don learned I could, I could take direction really well. He learned um, that there was a lot under the surface that I had experience in doing. And that experience was paying off very well as far as um, the presentation when it comes to on stage, being non-problematic is something that's super important when it comes to that. And he remembered that. So then the next year or two I did. uh, So that was, I'm trying to think now. So that's 2013, 2013. 14 no 2015 I did the importance of being earnest which he directed so that was my second show with him and it was very highly regarded because the local theater critic who um 
is the uh, one of the uh, heads at Buff State. He's like the associate dean or something like that. I, I never know like the title specifically well, but his name is Dr. Anthony Chase, another good friend of mine. Um, but he was cast in that show because he works at Buff State. So a lot of local theater people from the community came in to see the show that normally wouldn't come to Buff State to see stuff. And I was one of the leads in it. Hardest role I've ever tackled in my entire life. It was so, so, so difficult because I put so much pressure on myself. It was, it was very bad. Um, and Don was very blunt and he was very hard to work for sometimes. And uh, I ended up just like getting the hurdle again, getting another hurdle another notch in my belt, like to be able to say, I went and did this and I came out on the other side. Okay. And then the third show I did with him, um, by that point we had full trust in each other and he just trusted me to kind of team captain uh, a lot of the things we did. And we just, I went to him for everything. I always loved being in his classes. We talked all the time. Him and Drew were on like the exact same level of things for me. Um, as far as the two people I went to most in college, or you could probably expect me to be around the most in college. And uh, I, I have such a, a, a big, big place in my heart for Don, because when people give me a shot, that's what, <laughs> that's, that's something that sticks with me. When you trust in me enough to give me a shot and to know that, um, you could use me for certain things in a good way. Um, I I always remember that. So Don takes the number three on my list. Very good. Uh, I feel like you've discussed him before on the show. Probably. I, I feel like I, I've I heard... probably mentioned Don every every once in a while. <laughs> no, that's that's a really cool relationship. I, I definitely feel like I, I've heard the story about the guy, uh, the original guy kind of just losing interest. But um Oh well, god. That'll have to be you'll have to come on my show one of these days and we'll have to go over like all these old memories of things that I have because I love it's, it's to, a doozy. It's been a while since I've been on Yow, so I know my scheduling is not like Oh, it's kind of busy, but I, I mine sucks too. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, my number three is a uh, is a friend, is a mentor, uh, an all the around great human being who I've like. If I if I looked back, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> fourteen years ago when I just about fourteen years ago when I graduated high school that I would be. As close as I am with this guy, I would have told you that uh, you were crazy. I hope that made sense the way I said that. Yeah. Um, Rich Maranto comes there in at my number three. Uh, so Rich was my media production teacher uh, in high school. My sophomore, kind of my junior, it was a weird class, and then my senior year. And we just had this great connection we bonded over uh you know sci-fi and 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 sports and all all sorts of stuff and he was just such a busy guy but going back to what you said about teachers making a impression or making effort he was like 
one of the few that did. Like I remember having conversations with him about certain pop culture things like Star Wars. Like we that was something we definitely bonded over. I was like, this is cool because growing up like in 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 those like fifth grade, sixth, seventh, eighth, like that stuff was taboo amongst people. And I had uh, all these like really older teachers who were like, who didn't want to like make that personal connection with, uh, and, and again, just nobody, no teachers didn't talk about star Wars or other pop culture stuff. They just didn't do it. Rich did. And, uh, I was like, I, this guy is great. Um, we've always lightly stayed in touch, you know, I, you know, post high school, stayed in contact and then you always follow my 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 you know my 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 stuff and then i invited him here he loves to tell a story about coming on to the podcast uh eat sleep list was his first podcast it was very early on we did sci-fi ships and his love and infatuation with doing podcasts grew from that uh and currently he owns a studio that we've recorded out of his own uh media creator co-op uh and has done such a great job there. He's been trying to lure me there. Uh, I'm trying to hone in and focus on on on, on everything else. And, I, and but it's such a beautiful studio, and I'm so proud of like what he's built and created because he has a really good group of people there. Uh, but he laid the foundation for me being interested in this stuff. Media production is like for those who don't know, is it he ran a, a TV studio out of the high school. A TV studio, he did it. You know, a lot. Some of it on his own dime, and t- definitely a lot of it his own time. He would go into school at five, six in the morning, and not get home till nine, ten o'clock at night because he was filming basketball games, football games, all that stuff. Uh, toy drives, everything, doing theater, producing theater. His work ethic is, is contagious uh and he just like the i i did he's he caught on to it almost instantaneously but the influence of me having all this stuff in here on the walls all this art all these jerseys all the toys that came from his studio because he showed me that that was okay to do and i was like this is the coolest thing so richard i know he's going to listen to this um he always he always tells me when he he always mentions that he's listening to these episodes. Um, he is he is the top non family member, non blood related family member on this list because that's how much I admire and look up to him. So, um, so my number three is Rich Morano. Go check out his show, uh, Next of Kin, that he does with his son Christian, yeah, not Zach, Christian, um. And his kid, and again, he has a t- he runs a bunch of shows out of his studio, Emerge Media Creators Co-op. Uh, he also does Moranto Media uh, and a bunch of stuff. So if you live in the local area uh, in Niagara Falls, Niagara, you know, Western New York area, go check it out. And if you want to do a podcast, I'd love to have you here, but I can assure you that I, I, I highly recommend his business ventures. Um, so, yeah. So number three, Rich Moranto. Excellent. Yeah, Morano's a great dude. I I absolutely have loved the episodes we've done with him, and I can't wait to I can't wait to do more. Oh, uh, we're definitely gonna go back. We're definitely gonna go back sometime soon. I can assure you. Absolutely. Oh, 
All right, on to our top two. And my number two is going to be um, the person who gave me my first shot in um, professional theater, and that's going to be Meg Quinn. And um, this is one of my favorite people in the theater world, period. I, I absolutely love her. And she... I can't even begin to describe the attention to detail that she pays to children's theater um, and the influence she has as far as um, the time and the attention that she puts into projects and really getting to are, is this big enough for kids or kids going to understand this or, but she treats them like human beings, which is so important. It, is like knowing that there's a human, like a little human being uh, that's going to have the same consciousness their entire life, uh, but is just in a younger body and figuring things out right now. And she understands that and she picks or, or picks seasons um, specifically in orders for those reasons. But she was just fascinating to me. She uh was the first person to take me uh seriously outside of school but then she suddenly became a teacher in a lot of senses because all of a sudden she's teaching me about this whole realm of theater that I don't know about yet and how to really make it professionally and how to tour in schools correctly and how to um ask for the right actor pay um, I met her for coffee recently. We haven't seen each other since before the pandemic. And um, she doesn't meet with too many people anymore. She is, you know, a husband of many years, grandkids. She is, and she's one of those people that has like this whole other life. Yeah. And she just inspires me with how much she is willing to learn, wants to learn all the time. She's she's a force. And I, I always go to her for a second opinion on things or for a first opinion on things. And um I'm very, very lucky to have the relationship I do with her and to have her in my life in general. And I think I wouldn't be where I am right now professionally too without her help. So Meg comes in at my number two. There's so much, I could do a whole podcast about her, but um, I'm gonna leave it at that because I just think she is such a brilliant mind and probably uh, the most brilliant one I've ever met in the theater world. Interesting. Wow, that's cool. So you did you did get to go out recently and uh, and chat a bit. Isn't that a yeah. good feeling too? It, it was great. We talked for two and a half hours, and and I just felt so full. I, I've been on a big kick of that lately. Like I, I've gone out to lunch and or dinner with a lot of people who I haven't talked to in a while, and it's been a really cool feeling. Like, it's one of those things I realize I should do more. Is yeah, reach out and spend time with people who just be better about reaching out. Um, and I'm glad you got to have that experience. Yeah, I I'm very lucky um, to have some of the relationships with people I do, and in that moment, I felt very very blessed to um, know her and have that relationship with her. Absolutely. Uh, my number two is going to be uh again my next two spots are like just their family teachers um it's gonna be my uncle rich who you've actually met at a couple one or two of the video game nights that we've had here at the studio 
Uh, I've absolutely adored my uncle rich my entire life. He's my godfather. Uh, and, uh, and just super, super close me and his son, my cousin Nico are really close in age. I think only nine months apart, but I've always, my dad and my, and, and my, my parents, parenting style, uh, was, was different. It was certainly different where my, I see where my uncle, uh, encouraged, uh, certain aspects, certain, you know, likes where my dad would pick on me for liking a Pokemon or something like that, you know, not in a, in a harsh way, but, um, but he would, he had this way of encouraging it. And he's been the most supportive family member outside of probably believe my brother, uh, of every endeavor I've ever had, like every art thing that every artsy thing I ever did. Um, this man, when I went to States in high school for wrestling, he traveled with my parents to come watch me wrestle. Coolest thing. Uh, when I went to nationals in college, all the way out in Des Moines, Iowa, he got in the car with my dad and my brother and drove all the way to Des Moines, <sighs> Iowa to watch me wrestle. He used to come and ask me about, uh, used to ask me about, uh, pro wrestling stuff. He tried to come to my shows as much as he could, and he did a good job and he was just, he would just take it all in, uh, he would let's see what else he's done. He listened to my podcast. He'd follow the Facebook pages because he actually has one, um, and he'd follow along and in uh, and, and uh, yeah, just ask questions. And then he came with me, me, and my dad. Um, uh, I was like, I, I want to go to a football game, and he, the me, my dad, and him all went to New York this past New Year's Eve or day and went to go watch the Colts and Giants game. And I had the time of my life. Uh, I absolutely adore my uncle Rich. Basically, as far as what a teacher means is that um, encouraging uh, just interest, right? Like there's times as a teacher, like I see it with teachers and coaches, they get frustrated with people that they don't fully understand or they, mm-hmm. there's no commonality, no common interest where he would get invested. Like my love of comic books came from obviously my dad, but he played a big part in it too, because I mentioned, uh, I've mentioned that he leased out some of my first comic books I ever had uh, the, the superhero episode. We did uh, the Fantastic Four. He's the one who let me borrow all those fantastic four comics. Uh, but just encourage, uh, encouraging that stuff, letting things happen the way that they are, like letting people's interests, not try to guide them in a certain direction, but guide them to encourage them. Uh, with what they're doing. He's always been like one of my biggest supporters. And I like it. it's, and I don't want to like say that he's like, it, it, you know, it, that I hate all my other aunts and uncles, but he's just always the one who stood head and shoulders. Like he used to drive me to wrestling practice, football practice, and just, just be there and watch and encourage. And it was so cool uh, to be around that. So um, my uncle rich, you know, it, it just, a, a, I guess in a way, I, I guess it'd be called like a nurturer, like nurturing, that it, nurturing people's interest and just encouraging them to kind of go with it, even if you don't necessarily understand it. Um, and that's, that's kind of been my thing. So. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting your uncle before. He's a great guy. And that's, 
it, you're so lucky to have somebody who's that supportive in your life. That's really incredible. He was like a second dad. Not saying that my dad was a bad dad by any means because he was great, but it, it was always nice that he was just always there, always there. Didn't have to ask him to be. He was just there, and that for that, sure that's that goes a long way for me. So, oh, absolutely. I can't believe we're at our number one already, but um, my number one is uh, another teacher I met in elementary school, but had a relationship with uh, probably through eighth grade. So my number one teacher for this list is going to be my music teacher, Mr. Woody. He was my first music teacher. And um, this is where my love of theater and like kind of singing in the arts, like began is right here and i i will all who always owe him this debt forever um so in fourth grade we were in music class and he he asked people he asked someone to volunteer to do a solo in the song we were doing and i raised my hand and i just did it because I was trying to show that I was actively listening and I was not listening at all to what he was saying. Like I was just raising my hand because I heard I'll raise your hand if, and I didn't listen to the rest of the part. So he had me stand up and sing it and he liked something about it. So he had me do it at our school mass a couple of days later again. And then all of a sudden I was doing it like at church or I was doing it at like other place. And then I'm singing other things and it became this, it became this thing where we, it, it was our thing. We were doing like mass together or, or stuff wherever we could. Cause he played, he played, um, you know, piano during music class and like led music class. But then he was also the organist at my church on Sundays. So I would, if I knew he was playing mass, I would like run up to the balcony where he was. And I would just like, sing with him through the whole thing or like do whatever and it was it was our thing and then the first show I ever did a ghost like he was in too and it, it it was like he was this father figure that just kind of followed me everywhere the next summer musical he he saw um it, I, the last time I saw him was probably about four or five years ago um at a friend's funeral which was really unfortunate um but he was playing the organ for that as well. But he's still local. He's still in the area. I'm friends with him on Facebook. He's uh, always like a very happy, like go lucky guy who always wants to, he, he hugged me so tightly when I saw him uh, the last time. And, uh, you know, just being as hilarious as always, he was uh, such a great influence and has an over, had an overshadowing effect on my life just from that one moment, that one accidental moment that I happened to do in class. Um, but he, he encouraged my uh, talent more than anything else. And I will always owe him for that, for being the first one to really, really encourage like, oh, you kind of have something like keep using this. Yeah. Um, so my number one goes to Mr. Woody for that reason. That's beautiful, dude. That's really good. I love that Thank as your you. number one. Thank you. Uh, my number one, uh, super cliche, uh, but what better 
teacher, at least from my perspective uh, that I have ever had, than my parents. I went with my parents for my number one. Uh, this so it's a it's a combination of my mom and dad. So uh, I I I think you can agree that our our parents are our first teachers, right? They bring us up in the world uh, where indoctrinated it, it not necessarily in, not in a bad way um of their vision of of life and their thought process their traditions uh and stuff and they bring us up into this world and and they let us you know go off into it uh but not too far away oh, we've been fortunate well we're very close to our our parents still um it's it's funny i i went to this phase where i was just I I like and I still like breaks my heart, but I just like I and a lot of just anger and emotional issues, and I blamed like not, not like outright to them, but I I, I kind of passively just weren't the best. I wasn't the best son, basically. Um, I think everybody commit they have flaws, and there was a time where all I seen with my mom and dad were everything that was kind of wrong with me and as as far as just emotional stuff um anger overreaction uh lack of empathy stuff like that and that wasn't stuff that they directly taught me but it was just unfortunately stuff that i absorbed and uh through this whole process that you know more so the last couple years i've really opened up to see that how like really really great my parents are i look at the positive side of of everything They've always done everything that they they they've they could uh, to make sure that me and my brother and sister and and even all my cousins it just uh, just everybody around them has it is the best possible life that they they, they can. Um, my mother is a free spirit, and you know she's got that. She grew up in a, a old Italian household where you, you spoke with your hands and you were super aggressive. It could be not like aggressive, but you, like that, when those, those tensions rise, right. You you see it in, in uh, like those, them Jersey shore, like type, like just flying off the handle of somebody slightly disrespect you. But uh, when I started to look past that, I seen like my mom, like she's big into photography. She taught me my love of photography. Um, but I saw someone who, no matter what the world thought, because she'll go off and she'll just start singing out of nowhere. She don't care if she sounds good or not. And she don't care if she annoys people. She just does it anyways. Um, or she'll round up everybody. Come on, we're taking a picture. And all the cousins and uncles and aunts would him and haw and be like, oh, she goes, I don't give a shit. We're doing it. Um, I saw somebody who looked past all that. And it's like, I, I'm going to live life the way I want to, uh, whether people like it or not, uh, for better or for worse. And I, I, I definitely can say that I've taken some influence in that. I, I've done a lot of weird shit in my life. <laughs> like it posted about it on social media with no, no Fs given, um, not caring whether people, you know, appreciate it or not, if I got picked on for it or not. And that's something I gained from my mom. Uh, my dad. He, he, I used to love his, his approach to, like I said, a little bit different than my uncle's approach to parenting. Um, but I guess he had to, because my dad was actually my dad. Uh, he had to deal with it. 
you know, pushing, I guess, me to be the best version of myself that I possibly could. You know, uh, life sucks. You kind of got to trudge on through it kind of mentality. Um, he used to, he, I remember there's one time, I think it was a teenager and he played uh catch in the cradle by cat Stevens. And he said that was his like inspiration behind being a dad is like being there because, um, cause his dad, I mean, he, he had a good relationship with his dad still does, but his dad was away a lot. His dad was working a lot to provide. He had, you know, a, a, a big size family. He had, uh, his dad ended up being a truck driver. He was, did military service, but he, he, my dad has always like made the extra effort to be there for me. And I, I was used to like complain in high school. I'm like, oh God, my parents got to be at everything. And like, just how, like, again, I really didn't appreciate it. I'm like, all these other kids that, that, you know, they're free, they're, they're free spirits. They, they go to wrestling tournaments. Their parents are out there. They can do whatever they want. And I go there and, 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 my dad's like hovering over me, not, not like, and as a parent, which I was like, again, I was like, why? I want to be like the other kids. But then I look back and it's like, no, it's, he did it because he cared and he, he wanted to be there with me. And why do I look at this in such a negative light? Um, he used to, like his bosses used to get mad, but he would take, he would take off of work. He would take a whole day off of work, lose a day of pay just to go, to a wrestling tournament with me or come watch a wrestling show or like he did it one day. I did an old timers tournament like seven, eight years ago. And he was working on a series out in Batavia and he took a day off of work and drove to watch me wrestle. And I was like, this is great. That's like, excellent. I got it really, really good. Um, 2019. I was supposed to go to Indianapolis with a friend. The friend bailed the week before. My dad, I told my, I mentioned it to my dad and he goes, all right, when do we leave? I go, are you serious? I go, he goes, yeah. When do we leave? And he just, we, we just planned it out and just did it. And, uh, and we went, you know, um, just so cool. I, I really do love being around. Like my dad was like that, that model of what a man should be, what a, what a guy should be is a protect, a protector, a provider. Um, but he's encouraged just so many of my interests and I have nothing but I, I I'm glad that I can sift through the bad, uh, it, the bad that I perceived at a time when I was a lot more negative and look at all the good things and, uh, just be so grateful that I did have the, the parents and family life that I've had. So, um, so yeah, so my mom and dad are the best teachers I could have ever asked for. Um, and they come into my number one. So. Great choice. Yeah, we're we're blessed to have really, really great parents. And um, it really could change the direction of your entire life, having good or bad teachers as parents. And you had some excellent ones for yours, I must say. Yeah, I dude, I've been fortunate and I can see that with you and your parents. I still got to meet your mom. Eventually. Yes. But your dad, your dad is a saint, like the, just again one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. Um, I've only met him a handful of times, and it's just it's just cool that we we can you know that me and him can talk the way we do, and you know we had really good upbringings, you and I. Yes. Uh, and and again, I'm glad we can look back. We could both look back on them fondly. So, um, so there it is, everybody. the The teachers list. 
the teachers list. It is in the books. Uh, what is going on? So next week, Dan has choice. And I will be going on vacation in two weeks. So Dan will uh, do an episode uh, with a guest of his choosing that week. So uh, he gets choice the next two weeks. And then I'll be back after that. We'll get back to normal. So, Dan, do you have any idea what you wanted to do? Um, Not just yet, but it's going to be something really, really fun. Probably something superhero related for the second week. I'd imagine because I typically uh, will go that direction in my own personal nerdy life. Um, but I've got to explore our options for next week. I got to see what we've done the past couple of weeks and, and try and pull something different from there. Well, as usual, my man, I, I, I look forward to it. These lists doing these lists with you has been, it's my pride and joy right now. It's my favorite aspect of podcasting. Um, so I thank you for that. I, I really do look for like, okay, I get one day a week or I get to sit down and chat with Dan about anything and everything. And no matter what weird stuff I say, you still got to look at me and smile. So yeah, uh, <laughs> likewise, my friend, I love you, brother. I uh, love you too, man. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in and, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Do you even list? Yeah.